Good afternoon, good day, good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Socialist Agenda. My name is JB, and I'm joined by the one and only Canadian commie, also known as John to me. John, how are you today? I'm doing well, JB. How are you doing this week? Oh, John, it's been crazy. It's been busy. Uh, last week, I touched on the success I saw on TikTok, and that's now been blown up even further. So Amazing. I've been busy, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Good. Uh, just putting out content and stuff. So... Uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun. What about yourself? How was how was I've, I've been focusing on my live stream, trying to get that live stream. If you want to come uh, check me out, I'm on YouTube uh, six to nine every weekday. Uh, it's a, it, it's a great community. We have great conversations. We're showing lots of uh, documentaries, lots of uh, uh, information, trying to create a community. Really, more than anything. So please come check us out. Yeah, no, definitely check them out there. I've, I've peeked in a few times uh, during your live streams, and they've definitely been, been fun to watch. So it's uh, it's good. And all your VODs are on your YouTube channel as well, which so if you want to get caught up, you can yeah, check yeah. them there. Um, that's actually a great segue to building our community here. So thanks to everybody who's shown their support. Um, your, I've seen your numbers. I see your downloads. So I know you're listening, which is great <laughs> to see. Um, so what we're going to be doing going forward is eventually John and I have discussed about putting this more into a live platform. So doing something live similar to what I do live on TikTok and he does live on his YouTube channel. Yeah, the community um, aspect of it, the talking back and forth with the questions and everything. That's, that's the best yeah. part. That's the best part. Yeah, so we do have plans for that, and we've set up a Twitch account that I encourage you all to go follow if you haven't already. You can go to the socialistagenda.com. You just hit Twitch. I live stream the episodes at 10.30 a.m. on Monday morning, so an hour and a half before you normally get it. So if you want to get a sneak peek for free, you can do then as well, as I'll be in the chat there to talk to you guys. So, again, this is, we're not doing the show live on Monday mornings. This is just a rebroadcast for when the episode comes out for now but that may change in the future so yeah, who knows where all of this is gonna go eh? like yeah, it's a, what, yeah. what a time to be alive yeah the internet is crazy so <laughs> definitely check that out as well uh check out all our other socials uh the socialistagenda.com and uh why don't we get started now yeah. we need to oh, get started with a little bit of follow-up over last mm -hmm. week's episode um so last week we talked about israel and palestine and the mm -hmm. rise in conflicts that's happened over the last uh, few days well, the uh, just, rise of our, of our awareness of the conflict, honestly. Correct, like, it's been correct. completely always been going on. Yeah, so um, we there is an update in the news showing that a ceasefire actually has been uh, called for. Mm -hmm. So both sides have agreed to a ceasefire, and, you know, the mainstream media broke it to my phones and pushed it out to everybody, and, yeah. you know, everybody you th would think breathe a sigh of relief, but yeah. there's actually more to this than than what's actually going on. Well, because cause, yeah, because ultimately the reality is it's like just because there's a ceasefire, right? Like it's it to me, that's like saying like, oh, the warden and the prison guards have stopped beating the prisoners, right? Like it's it's it, Gaza is an open air prison. It's been under siege for 40 years plus, like just because they're not dropping bombs from jet fighters at the moment doesn't mean that like uh, the situation has alleviated itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. They can't go anywhere. Where yeah. do you expect them to go? This isn't like a war between Canada and the United States and Canada kept all its trade and, and open yeah. borders with other countries. Right. Exactly. Like exactly. despite the pandemic, if I wanted to get on a plane and go to England, I could. Right. Yeah. Like 
Palestinians don't have that luxury because they don't have any airports in their yeah. area. Like they're, yeah. they're literally stuck. They can go through Jordan and that's it, but that's even more complicated. Well, like, and, and, and even then like to get to, to even go through Jordan, like if you're on the Gaza strip, you're not going through Jordan, right? Like no, you're, you're, no. you're stuck there. There's 2 million people in the Gaza strip. And, uh, Really, I, I highly recommend that everybody go watch. It's free on YouTube. Abby Martin's Gaza Fights for Freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And she really points out, like, we, we here in the West have this idea that the Palestinians have, like, their own nation and they have their own, like, government and structure. And it's like a civilization. And then uh, uh, the Israelis are also in that situation. There's equals and they're having a conflict. It's like, that is not the case. Like, got, the Gaza Strip is rubble, right? Like, they don't yeah. have clean water. They don't have electricity. And more importantly than that, uh, they can't leave. Like, this is something that I don't think people quite realize. Like, the Gazans in the Gaza Strip can't just, like, gather their stuff together and leave, right? Yeah. They're, in, they're in a prison. Like, it is a prison. Yeah, it's a it's an extreme version of what happened in South Africa with the right? Like, it's just, it's a much more controlled border sealed area yeah. the israelis can go in and out all they want but yeah. but but palestinians can't and that's that's the problem here so yes there's a ceasefire but it doesn't change the fact that the gaza strip has been rubbled yeah. down to little rocks and stones at this point yeah and we shouldn't and stop paying attention to it just because there's a ceasefire that that's so yeah. indicative of how the west works like we all knew that we were going to stop talking about this issue at some point but it shouldn't be right now right yeah like just it's yeah, just because yeah. they called this ceasefire like they'll be back at it again very in short order i have no doubt i have no doubt and it's only going to be even louder next time right yeah that seems to i be think the, that's the... probably the truth so that's the update on the the israeli palestine uh conflict um as we both agree there's still going to be more coming mm -hmm. for this mm -hmm. um so let's go right into our next story our main story of this of the show we are going to transition to doing more one story a show because yes last week's episode was a lot yeah. to take in and to edit so <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. we're gonna try to do this one and then we'll still have a bonus show uh for for the patreon sounds good sounds good um so yeah, we, we we both like to talk we're we're talkers jb yeah for sure <laughs> for sure so recently uh as the warmer weather has come out um the city of toronto along with toronto police has made this brilliant decision to start uh, tearing down and dismantling homeless encampments across the city. Mm -hmm. The most recent one happened at Lamport Stadium, which is at Queen and Dufferin, or sorry, King Street and Dufferin Street uh, in in the west end of the city near Liberty Village. Um, it's key. It's a key point to understand here is that Liberty Village is a highly gentrified area. It is middle to upper class uh, compared to other areas of the city. Yeah. Um, and if you travel the city for any time, you will notice that most parks in the city actually do have large homeless encampments forming. Mm -hmm. um, this is out of necessity because the shelter systems are at reduced capacity because of the pandemic. Um, also, people have been faced with evictions because they lost their jobs, so they have nowhere to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there has been... Uh, countless uh, groups that have come out and in support of this and created shelters for these people that the city deems to be unsafe. Yeah. Um, one of these is called tiny shelters. They're tiny wood little wooden box. It gives them a lock on it so they can store their stuff while they go and try to get their life back in order. Yeah. Um, but well, they, and this, this is a, 
I want to jump in right and just say right away that like the 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 tent cities are going to get worse, right? Like you you think about how like there are uh, uh, things that the Ford administration as well as the Tory government have done to uh, try to kind of alleviate the mass evictions. Like they they've kind of trickled the evictions out a little bit. But mm-hmm. like people aren't going to suddenly jump and get all these what jobs that exist or any of this kind of stuff. And like that, the, it's only a matter of time until like the Ford administration has already tried to lift the eviction. Uh, 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 what is it? Embargo? I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the eviction. eviction. Uh, oh, there's a special word for it. And yeah, I'm also a drawing a blank on uh, it. Yeah. What can you do about it? Uh, uh, oh. So they're, they're trying to. Um, the Ford administration will eventually lift this eviction uh, withholding or this eviction hold off uh, and they'll start to trickle out. So this tent city issue is going to get worse. We're going to get larger tent yeah. cities. We're going to get more of them. And uh, if the response from the uh, city is to try to use police force in order to clear some of these encampments, uh, well, I mean, it's it's just displacing. It, it's treating this uh, uh First of all, it's treating homelessness as if it's a crime, right? Yeah. Which is is indicative of the system. But like, I'm the Canadian commie, right? So it all comes down to a capitalist critique, and the capitalist critique is that uh, capitalism generates homelessness, right? It always has. We've yeah, always had homelessness in our society. Yeah, it requires it, and it benefits from it because if you have homeless people, it scares the shit out of the working class. You can watch yeah. uh, the Fisher King, uh, a great Robin Williams movie has a scene in it that is the perfect articulation of exactly this where there's this homeless war vet who outright says that he is helping his society because he's scaring the shit out of uh workers and saying this could happen to you too and yeah yeah yeah, you go ahead no i was just going to say the word that we were looking for earlier was a moratorium there's a moratorium. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, and, I did. Uh, Google that. That was a hot Google yeah. there. Okay. <laughs> and and yeah, like so they've put a moratorium on it because they know that if suddenly there's, you know, a, a 10,000 people all at once get evicted, then that those people are going to band together and actually move forward. And so instead of that, they're going to moratorium. But then they'll yeah. steadily trickle it out. It'll just steadily trickle it out, right? Well, and I think a lot of people, so a lot of people don't understand how the Landlord-Tenant Board in Ontario actually, and the tribunal works. Mm-hmm. Because yes, there is a moratorium on evictions. They're still not evicting people. They're mm-hmm. not even city showing hearings right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could be not paying rent and staying living in your place for this whole time, right? And you still mm-hmm. haven't had a hearing yet. But I think what people don't, know is that that's the case the other thing that you don't realize is that there has been rental um rental easements put in place that the landlord has to uh work with you on a payment arrangement for the owed rent so say you were out of your job for four months or six months or whatever and you didn't pay rent the there is a mandate right now in the landlord tenant board of ontario that they need to work with you and give you an option to pay that back while still living there but this hasn't been advertised, right? It's been swept under the rug. So people don't know this exists, yeah, yeah, right? This yeah. they, they don't know that these protections are in place. And I've dealt with a slumlord in my life. So mm. I've had to deal with the landlord tenant board. And the one thing that I've, I, when I talked to a lawyer about it, because I didn't know what I was getting into, right? So I talked to a lawyer mm-hmm. and the lawyer said to me, he's like, the thing with the landlord tenant board that people need to understand is that they 
will always typically side with the tenant. Yeah. Right. Because they are the ones that are going to be a without a place to live. And they also understand that, you know, it's people's livelihoods, right? These are people's housings. So, and they know that the landlord is the one that has power in the relationship. Well, the, the tenant board's primary focus to landlords is the burden of proof is on them. Yeah. Right. So they, if they feel a, a person needs to get evicted, they need to prove with reason, without reasonable doubt that the person the the tenant is being malicious, not paying rent or when they could all that stuff. Like I've heard of stories of people not paying rent because they can't and still not getting evicted Yeah, because they just literally can't draw blood from a stone. Right. Like yeah, if you, exactly. the money's not there, the money's not there. So, well, and that, and that aligns pretty closely with my experience with the landlord and tenant board too. I ended up with the landlord and tenant board because I had a, a bed bug situation in my place and uh, my, my the landlord didn't, uh, deal with it. <laughs> and right. So, and the, uh, uh, but this to me all ties into this kind of larger sort of thing, which is, uh, why are we dealing with landlords at all? Like we have yeah. skyscrapers that are filled with apartments that mm-hmm. are privately held by capitalists and uh, like landlord corporations uh mm-hmm. and it's like a ba- it's like a base necessity like our shelter is a base necessity and if you go back e- even in our own history like we had like 10 times the amount of affordable housing across canada that we do now right yeah and, and what what have we ended up with we've ended up with a situation where there are literally like homeless people living in tent cities right who have lost their housing for one reason or another right uh, they uh, they can't make a go of it in the shelter system the the system that exists in place has failed them it's very obvious and yeah and at, at the same time we have these corporate landlords like these large-scale companies who are sitting on massive amounts of empty properties and we know they're empty and yeah we we can't we can't seem to 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 make two and two equal four on this uh when yeah and it it, to me it really comes down to the fact that john tory is such a like vanilla mayonnaise kind of politician who seems reasonable and seems to like uh, uh wants to kind of hear all sides and all that kind of stuff but this is a moment that calls for a confrontation of capital where we need to look at these yeah. guys and be like, you can't just sit on empty p- properties. Screw that. We have well, homeless th- people. Let's put them in there. Well, I think this is uh, what's actually happening here. Is it's a breakdown of communication between the police, the bylaw enforcement, and the actual administration of Toronto. Because okay. if you look at, this is just my analysis on it. I could be way out of oh, left yeah, field of on this. I could be wrong. But we're all way out on left field here, bud. Yeah, <laughs> literally the left field. But um, when I look at this, I go, okay. When I look at John Tory speak, you know, I I personally didn't vote for the dude, but the last election uh, between Keys Matt and him, I was like, you know, I'm voting for Keys Matt because I like her better. I think she's going to be better for the city. But I wasn't upset that John Tory won. He's like, yeah. he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's managed, I just think, right? He's just yeah. like a vanilla man. And especially, got to remember, who was the previous mayor? The previous well, mayor was yeah. Rob <laughs> Ford, right? So yeah, I think everybody, I think that's... everybody was looking forward to just a little bit of mayonnaise, I think. Yeah. But what I really think is that, you know, Tory, in the end of the day, does care about the city and cares about, you know, all classes of the city like he doesn't want to see people living in a tent right mm-hmm. he doesn't want to see 
um, people getting evicted from their homes. I think what's actually happening here is that the city's administrations, such as Toronto Police, the bylaw enforcement, is acting on their own fruition without really informing the other branches, you could say, of the city government. So they do this thing and then the mayor finds out, oh, wait, we're doing this thing. And then he's got to kind of pivot it in a way that says we want to do more affordable housing from what I at least read in the story. Right. It's like he's not really putting his foot down and saying this needs to stop when he should. But I also don't think he knew it was going to happen. So I think there's there's unfair criticism given to him about, you know, why are you letting this happen? You think no, it's the uh, it's the bylaws and the. uh, uh, Liberty Village itself as like a ward that is moving forward with this independent. Correct. So it's probably more the city councilor for that area who has exactly a, a awareness of what's going on more than Tory. Which and, that kind of speaks to how Toronto politics does work. Like each individual ward does actually have a, a fair bit of power in its own right. Yeah, and, and that's and that the reason I know that is because I'm, I'm one of my best friends, our family friends, lives near Alexandria Park. So near uh, or Bathurst and Dundas, right? This is a very infamous park in the city, former gang park, right? It's not the nicest of areas sometimes. And this park is overrun with tent cities. Like you can't walk through the park. Like it's a tent city now. This whole park is. And we go there sometimes. There's a basketball court and then there's a playground. So we take the young kid over there to go play and stuff. And it's people tweaked out on drugs and kicking trees and stuff but and the cops don't care they're not shutting down this tent city they don't care about it because it's not it's not a gentrified yet area right it's not facing the same sort of class of people that liberty village is but liberty village you know they go past this park and the stadium that this happened in every day and say oh look at these ugly tents why isn't the city doing anything about it they call bylaw because the 311 says just call bylaw if something's unsafe because that's what they'll tell you to do. Yeah. Uh, I know that from experience. And they will, and then the bylaw comes in, which is the city police, anyways. And they just do it. And then they, everyone comes knocking at the mayor's door saying, why are you letting this happen? When it's, right. When, when really who we should be looking at is Councillor Joe Cressy. This, this, right. Councillor Joe Cressy is the, is the city councillor for that area. And where where does he stand in all of this? I wonder. I've I haven't actually looked into that. So that's that's uh, uh, worth pointing out. Like this is happening under his watch too. Okay, yeah, it's. Joe I believe Freshies. it's a it's Spadina Fort York. Yeah, I'm uh, looking at his page right now. Yeah, Spadina, Spadina Fort, York. Fort York Ward, where Alexandria Park, for instance, is in um, Davenport. Well, and your uh, point really is is really really worth uh, uh, thinking about that. Like. It does seem like part of the uh, point of all of this is to render these homeless people invisible, right? That that's the whole point. That mm-hmm. we want, uh, we want, like capitalism is going to generate homelessness, and and that problem is going to get worse. And it seems as though the the response from the capitalists and the and the capitalist system is as long as we can make it so that we don't have to look at these people right as long as they're in parks that we we the wealthy don't go to right as long as the 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 parks aren't surrounded by commercial districts where people go shopping right because we're 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 pushing towards a reopening which we'll be talking about later and 
the as we're pushing towards a reopening right we want to get things back to the like shop central like everything's safe and normal for uh come spend your money right like, yeah uh, and and we can't have you know the reality of the failure of the capitalist system being thrust in front of people's faces like can't have that so you know what's actually interesting though is that Spadina Fort York covers this park where this incident happened the other day, but also covers Alexandria Park, the same park where there's wow, massive densities. That's really interesting, Ben, right? Like, because then it's showing exactly what we're saying here, right? They just, just push them out uh, of the commercial districts, right? Push them right. out of where the capitalists live. But it is and a different police ward. Which is also an interesting fact. Oh my god! Like so many different so, layers, right? Like I wish somebody would like gamify it. Like let's let's make a video game version of this. You, and... We really are. And my my experience with 14th District working in Dufferin Mall for as many years that I did, because that's where Dufferin Malls is, is in 14th District. Is they they they're they're just not good people sometimes. Like I've literally had people put crack pipes and knives at me, threaten me yeah, at my yeah. store, and the police don't care. I'm like, my life is literally threatened and you don't show up. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you will go and dismantle a tent city. Like, come on. Like it's, well, and it's I'm on Joe Cressy's Twitter feed right now and he's got absolutely nothing about yeah, He's this probably story. silent about it. Yes. He's fine. completely silent about it. Like not, not interested in talking about it. Not interested in bringing it up. Not with, not even willing to make a statement, like not yeah. even addressing it. Right. Like that's. So that's that's why my question is why are we why like I think the easy thing the media does is it runs to you know John Tory almost said Ford but it runs to John Tory and says you know why aren't you doing anything about this when he's like I didn't know I don't think he really wanted to say I don't think I, watching his press conference and reading his his yeah. body language on it he didn't know it was happening yeah. right he he didn't really realize and found out probably ten minutes before this press conference saying hey. The news people are going to ask you about this. Here's your statement. Yeah. yeah. He's like, what? And, like, and like John Tory's statement. And let's 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 play devil's advocate a little tiny bit on ourselves, right? Like, mm -hmm. so uh, you've got like a a, a a a tent city going on in in like an, a commercial area, right? And you're being told uh, by John Tory that it there are health and safety concerns, uh, and for all we know, right, that might very well be the case, right? Like, why are they clearing yeah. out this tent city instead of another tent city? Well, for all we know, one of these tents in in uh, Lamport Stadium area uh, that we're talking about has a meth lab in it, right? Well, and that is that is a problem because not just yeah. the meth lab and the drug problem, but it's um, for heating, right? They use propane tanks literally light fire yeah. off a propane tank yeah, to heat that's now that's not really a problem this time of year but uh i've you know in the winter you know i've seen stories of these tent encampments catching fire because yeah. they didn't and these these the city's concern and to give the city some some credit i will say because they do they are caring about it they've expressed uh dis discomfort with these mobile shelters these tiny boxes that i talked about earlier yeah, yeah. that they're basically just tinder boxes because they're just four pieces of wood attached to a, a like a plank essentially mm -hmm. and put on wheels and a door a locking door with no other exit right so 
their their concern is that if you if these people if these homeless people used any sort of artificial heating such as a space heater or uh, a flame then that would catch on fire which is a totally fair thing and the city of toronto's fire department said this is a concern yeah and that's their job right it just seems to me like all of this conversation that we're having about like there oh there's a health and safety there's there's a there's uh oh well you can't have a tiny house that's made of wood because then there's a a fire issue and this that and the other thing right like it's it's like talking about like all of those things the tents and the tiny boxes and, and all of that are literally just citizens trying to survive and no, citizens I agree. coming together with the resources that they have to deal with the problem. And then the city is turning around and telling them, okay, this is why you can't do this. And then the citizens should literally be turning around being like, aren't you the government? Like, isn't the, isn't like the entire point of a government to ensure that there are no homeless people, that people are housed, that they're, that they're like, why are there homeless people at all under any circumstances? And to me, the response from the city has been to like take these people and like try to get them into like hotels or temporary housing. And a lot of the times when they tell them, uh, okay, we're going to get you into the hotel, but you have to throw away stuff. This is something they're actually saying to these people. Like they're saying you can only take two bags worth of goods with you into these uh, temporary housing uh, places that we're putting you. Uh, and so you're basically saying to people who have been recently evicted and who are living in tent cities, you have to throw away everything you own in order to have this temporary housing situation, which is temporary. Like you're in a hotel for God's sakes. Like, yeah, are going to be. And, and of course, once the story comes back down, they'll just evict them and send them back out into the street. Right. Like there's no there's no permanent long term solution here. And the permanent long term solution is to go to these uh, corporate private uh, uh, landlords and say, hey, 30 percent of your uh, uh, housing needs to be affordable housing. Right. 30 percent. And I think 30 percent is low. If you ask me, I mean, I think it should be 100 percent. We should nationalize all of this. Like, why are there skyscrapers filled with apartments that are owned by like it's So you say it out loud. It's so stupid. You're just like, why is there a private landlord in charge of, of like a skyscraper's worth of uh, uh, right. like it, it, it's insane. And we sh- and someone like John Tory, someone like uh, 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 Cressy. Right. Like this, this batch of kind of who have been raised on the neoliberal poison, like they're not going to confront capital. They're not going to do anything. And so we're just going to have larger and larger and larger and larger encampments. And it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. So what is your thoughts on um, landlords in general? I know you're a communist, so Mm -hmm. I agree with, you know, I'm in a similar stance with you that I think landlords is a failed system of of the capitalistic way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I agree with you on that. But let's talk reality here because I rent, I have a landlord. Yeah. I'm assuming you rent, so you have a landlord. Yeah. We live in a society where landlords are needed for people to have homes, right? Uh, it's not great. I don't agree with it. But well, it's an old feudal system, right? Like it's it's like a lot of the stuff that exists in our society. We adopted it from feudalism and we just kind of have rolled with it. And the... Um, And let's be really clear about what we're talking about here. Like, I am not talking about your grandmother who has like a house that she bought when she was like 20. Right. And they've always lived in the house. And now 
you know, she's older. And so to get a little bit of extra rent, she's going to rent out her basement, you know, right. she's like that, whatever. Right. Like, I don't, who cares about that at all? Like if you own a house and you want to rent a room out of it, or you want to rent your basement or any of that kind of stuff. Fantastic. Right. Technically you're a landlord. Okay. But you know who yeah. else is in this conversation? He, landlords who own skyscrapers, right? Like, like literally yeah. a, a, a building that has like 500 units in it. Like we, and, and we've just acquiesced control of that skyscraper to one person or a, a, an organization, right? Uh, who we, and, and we waste a ton of time and effort and and everything is so much more difficult because we're constantly negotiating with a group of people who are completely incentivized to raise our rent to ensure that they do not do repairs to ensure that they make everything as difficult for us as possible as long as we keep paying rent right like as long yeah. as we keep paying rent they uh, but they but they have absolutely every incentive to continuously raise the rent, to continuously make things more difficult for the people who are actually living in these units. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, and really just and this is where you end up with the phrase slumlord, right? Like somebody who's just yeah. like literally preying off of the fact that people need housing, like housing is mm -hmm. a necessity. It's a complete and total necessity. And the idea that we have. Uh, given or ceded control of uh, an, a necessary resource that exists in our society, and that is an intrinsic part of the fabric of our city, which is uh, large skyscrapers filled with housing units. Uh, to, and the, the idea that we've ceded control of that over to private individuals who have every reason to make our lives difficult and 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 harder uh, to the point where we need to have like an entire uh, uh if you want any little tiny thing actually done you have to like create this enormous like legal battle and have a legal scheme and there is no true way of negotiating with these people uh yeah uh, the, the the like i look at this situation and i'm just like nah bro like this should just not exist this should just not exist. Yeah. It would be better to create, and it already exists. There already exists like a crown corporation. I don't think it's technically a crown corporation, but that's how I'll communicate about it now. There's a state-run department that uh, controls uh, uh, the uh, uh, that controls affordable housing and, and controls uh, uh, state-run apartments here in this city and in this province. And right. Uh, what we have done over time is the classic neoliberal grift, right? We defunded mm -hmm. them, right, to the point where they could no longer function adequately and then turned around and said, oh, this thing that we defunded is not acting, is not is not uh, doing the job properly. It has nothing to do with the fact that we defunded it. It's because government itself is inefficient, right? Uh, yeah. And then they turn around and they privatize it saying, oh, we'll make it run more efficiently because that's, quote unquote, how capitalism works, even though it's the opposite of what capitalism actually does. And, and, yeah. and, and fundamentally, it ends up in a situation where uh, uh, you have, uh, you, you've tied a necessity, like it'd be like tying your water 
to just like a group of people who have no problem abandoning you. And how do we know that they have no problem abandoning you? Because there are tent cities filled with homeless people, right? Yeah. There's, there's no yeah. landlord saying like, oh, come in and sure, we'll work with it, all that kind of stuff. If you're not paying rent, they evict you. Right. And, and, yeah. and if they, and if they can't get away with it, that they're going to do everything they can to try and get rid of you. Right. So I've been very lucky in my life that I haven't had really terrible landlords, but I've lived in uh, all walks of landlord schemes. Right. I've lived in large corporations. I've lived in mom and pops renting basements. I've, you know, lived like my current landlord is, uh, you know, this was his first income suite as he calls it mm -hmm. right where he bought a property to the for the sole purpose of renting it mm -hmm. but the reason that you know i rented it from him and you know i vibed really strongly with him was that he said my goal is i want to keep tenants as long as i can we pay probably 50 not 50 percent, but probably 40 percent less than what a typical person in this building pays for rent mm -hmm. he's not doing it for that quick buck right like he is very much uh that good landlord so to speak like when our lease was up for renewal he dropped our rent instead of raising it right because he's like oh, hey you stayed cool. with me for a year so yeah. i know you're cool and you're not just going to peace out and you can pay your rent so i'm going to incentivize you to stay longer mm -hmm. right so that i can continue to have you as a tenant well, because he understands that changing tenants every week will yeah. leave to lead to not every week that's an over exaggeration but <laughs> every every lease renewal you evict and you try to get a new tenant so you can raise the rent leaves the place empty and if he has the place empty for a month he lost six months of profits yeah. that he would make on it right so i i've talked to him a lot about this because i've really been curious about his way of doing it because i i he understands that this is um you know he's he's a capitalist right he understands that but he's not here to screw people over Right. Well, He's not what, here. You're, what you're getting into, right, is that distinction between like this. It's the same as like the small business owner versus like the big corporation. Right. Like when yeah. you're a small business owner. Right. And and small business owners, I always get caught in the weeds with this because small business owners are actually still working. Right. Like they're still actually participating in the labor of the uh, venture. Right. And, and they're, they're also the primary beneficiaries because they're taking people's surplus value, right? But mm -hmm. it, it, it gets a little bit uh, uh, lessened because they're also participating in the labor of what's going on. And that, that story you just told me about that landlord sounds to me like that's what he's doing, right? He's the one maintaining it. He's the one looking at it. He's the one in negotiation, right? And so you yeah. have the kind of small-scale landlording, which I'm just, I've always been like, yeah, okay, whatever, right? Like. But these guys that own these big giant skyscrapers, right? They don't deal with any of that. They literally hire a company to deal with that for them. So, so right. not only is the owner of these big skyscrapers like the primary beneficiary, he's completely not involved in the situation, right? Like he's just he's off living in the Bahamas or like doing yeah. whatever he wants. While there's a company that uh, uh, that he's hired to to run the organization for him to run the building for him and the only time he ever needs to show up is when there's like a shareholder meeting so like once a year he just shows up rubber stamps something oh is the rent going up and and i'm making more money great signs off on yeah. it right and how is and this that, that's the problem right and total grift 
Yeah. And that's why I'm thankful for what I am, what I got. Like literally the first day we moved in, we, we made our first dinner in the apartment and we ate it. And then we put all the, the dishes in the dishwasher we have here and the dishwasher didn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, we, he's in charge of the dishwasher. It's provided on our lease. Right. So we texted him and said, Hey, our dishwasher's not working. He was here in 10 minutes and he looked at it and he's like, Oh, this is busted. And then we had a new one the next day. Right. Like it's that's nice. That's nice. So there are, so what my moral of the story is that there are good landlords out there because there are people that are doing it for the reasons like I described or you described, right? They, they're yeah. just this, this, this guy, he, he's from a former Soviet state. I highly think he's a socialist like me. He really is. He, he, uh, cause we've talked about it before. I would sit down and have a beer with this dude, right? Like he just seems yeah. like a down to earth guy. He just happened to, he won capitalism, right? So he had enough money to buy a place that he can make money on. So, well, and, and, and to me, like, I, I, it's not really a counter, but it's definitely something like you're telling me a story about a, a, a good landlord, right? Like, and it's yeah. like, okay, so you can find like good individuals within a structure that is designed to collapse itself. Like you can yeah. find people who are willing to make self-sacrifice who are not falling into the greed trap that are not falling in for that kind of stuff. But the reality is that the system itself is designed so that people like the gentleman you're describing uh, 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 are few and far between and get weeded out of the process. And that the, the bigger you get, like even this guy that you're describing here, right? Like if he suddenly... Uh, uh, leveraged his properties and started buying more properties and really started to ramp things up and really started to go and then ended up buying a skyscraper, right? Like there comes a point where the very fact that he is decoupled from the reality of what it is to actually run these organizations, uh, that by itself, like all the owner of a skyscraper filled with units cares about is uh, that the number goes up. That's all mm-hmm. like they're not talking to the tenants. They don't, they're not interested in any of that. Like they're they're interested in money. Go in my in my pocket. That's what they're interested in. And 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 yeah. and the system itself. And I'll go this far to even say that this gentleman that you're describing here. So to me, that's like the well-meaning landlord who who comes in for all the right reasons uh, uh, and is doing a, a great job. But over time right over time starts to fall into the traps that the system itself has in place for for landlords to fall into right right and and the fact of the matter is is that the entire system is structured to be antagonistic right you are at odds with your landlord and like you listen to the story that you're saying and you're literally saying like Hey, a landlord who's not actively trying to screw me over in this uh, 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 in this antagonistic relationship—that's good. And, and and I look at that and I go, "Yeah, but you're still fighting. Like you're still no, I know. In an antagonistic I know. relationship with that fellow." Well, and I've had to go through ten shitty landlords to get this one what and we like, call so good, we right? Should, we so should, we should address the antagonistic relationship, and we should do what we can to form. Uh, a relationship that is more so that both sides are focused on what the key point is, which is housing everybody, right? And everybody mm. should be funneling all of their energy towards how do we get every, everybody housed for the cheapest possible, right? So that rent is extremely low all the time, 
and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, while simultaneously ensuring that the condition of the building uh, is the best it possibly can be. And I think we can right. do it. Like I think rent has gone out. It's outrageous now. Like the amount of rent, uh, the, the how high rent is. People well, are, rent's actually gone down. Actually, the last year, sure, because of the pandemic. Because, because of the pandemic, but rents are still absurdly high. Like it's they are. It, uh, they like are. people are spending sixty percent of their paycheck on rent. Like it's it's well, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's pretty bad that I was so. Going back to my story here is that um, before this, we lived in a large corporation building right Mm -hmm. they own like 50 buildings in the city and uh we were on a month-to-month lease because we lived there for about four years right so we were well out of our lease we were on month to month we got our a line on the place we live at now like i said it was too good to pass up it was only 250 dollars more a month than what we paid and we're upgrading to a condo with two pools weight rooms you know high up on the floor balcony like like it was an upgrade and for 250 dollars more a month it was like yeah okay why not like if this is this is good right for us um but then when we moved out we so we got the place we put in our notice we put in 30 days notice at the start so we moved out april 1st we said we're going to be out april 1st and we gave them notice in the end of february february 25th or something Mm -hmm. like that Right. So they had all of March to rent the place. Right. And we even we had the keys for this place March 1st. Right. So we had a month where we were had two places technically that we trans we transitioned everything over the month. And we told our old landlord and our company that you can show the place. Right. Like we have another place we can go. Right. Like if you if you rent it, if you can get a rental for it, let us know and we'll get out of there. Right. Like we're, we're cool with that. And cause we're trying to be cooperative and they said, yeah, sure. No problem. They showed it to a couple of people, but I didn't hear it got rented. So on April 1st, I are on May or sorry, March 30th, I guess 31st, whatever. I signed the paperwork at the old place saying, yep, I left the place in a clean swept floor, all that stuff you got to do. Um, and then about four months later, I get a notice, uh, in my email saying that I owe them one month's rent because they were unable to rent it. And by law, I needed to provide them 60 days notice. Not yeah, 30. that's that's you do have to provide them 60 days. That's technically the truth. So uh, I went through uh, I looked on the tenant board's website and I talked to I did a lawyer referral and I talked to a lawyer for 30 minutes. And basically his the expertise that they, that was told to me and what i read is that in a month to month lease the 60 day clause is just more of a uh a friendliness thing like you don't have to necessarily do it they the building has to be able to prove that they were unable to rent it because of the condition you left it in right. so they had to renovate or it was left in disrepair right. or or whatever which we didn't do um yeah. So, but the thing is, is the lawyer was like, it's funny that they didn't take you to the tenant board, but instead just sent your bill essentially right to a collections agency. And they didn't, because they don't want to go to the tenant board because they know they're going to lose. Yeah. Because you provided them adequate notice. They're just trying to scare you, right? That's exactly, that's all it is, is that, and they're hoping that you'll do maybe cursory research and find out that, oh, it is 60 days. Uh, and the reality is, like, it doesn't cost them anything to send you a scare note like this. No, it doesn't. And, and, and if you started to fight it, right, they would drop it because well, they haven't because I did fight it. So I've filed a tenant board claim against them. 
saying, Hey, you are wasting their time on it. You didn't uh, like you sent us right to collections that you, and by under the residential tenancy act, you can't just send something to collections. There has to be a decision made by the tribunal that says, yes, JB owes this money to this company. Right. And then if I don't pay it, they can go for a collection order. Essentially, yeah, which like how annoying, like how annoying this whole story that you're telling me is just like as annoying as it gets. Right. Like, yeah. And, and it, it really should not be this way that like, no, forget this. Like this should be like a state run department where, where <laughs> uh, uh, you're, you put in, you're saying like, Hey, I'm going to be leaving in 30 days. And they're like, Oh, okay. Right. And, and yeah. I just, uh, people, people have such a like trepidation like it's so odd to me that like people are so like skittish when it comes to like oh the state running uh, uh, a landlord uh, situation oh I don't know no I'm instead going to cede all of pow- my power and authority to like a greedy uh, a greedy sociopath who doesn't even live in the city that uh, owns the building right like it's just it's just yeah like this is a massive corporation like yeah. it's. It's just funny to me that they're so I've tried to contact them many times and said, look, I'm willing to drop this, right? Like, can we just let this go? You re-rented the place. You actually charge $400 more a month than what you were charging me for it. So you've got your money for this that you're trying to collect from me from from that perspective. Additionally, um, I was a good tenant. I never caused you any issues for four years, right? So and then what's adding insult to injury is I found the listing for my place. Right. Cause I was curious, like mm-hmm. how they rented it. So I went back in time and I looked at all their listings and I found it. Um, they offered the person that moved in one month's rent free. as an incentive. <laughs> so they're trying to collect one month from me that I apparently owed them, but they're giving one month free to oh, the new tenant. Wow. So, damn, holy <laughs> right. God. So, that's I screenshotted God. this and it's ready to go because oh I, my I, God. Well, I, I'm going to show this to the tribunal, right? Whenever we have our hearing, which again isn't happening because the tribunal is not having hearings right but now. But, like, what a waste of your time and what a like added stress yeah. onto your life. It's just... and, and it's completely a hundred percent just like uh, they, they're just trying to scare you, they're just trying to, uh, uh, uh they're rolling their dice, they're just sort of hoping yeah. that you're not going to be legally literate or or you're going to be suspicious of uh uh institutions like the landlord of tenant board in the first place yeah and and yeah. you're you're just gonna feel trapped and then just like be like oh i just need this behind me right i just need to get yeah, rid of it i'll and just so pay it whatever i'll just pay it and, and move on with my life yeah. and all that kind of stuff. so they're just rolling their dice and sort of hoping that it lands in their favor uh yeah yeah but like this is again this this whole story that you're you're telling me is just like completely a story that is like get rid of these people like yeah who, who cares about these capitalists at all who's still defending these capitalists like it's unbelievable. yeah it, it's just it's so trivial to me and so pedantic it's like why why even waste your time now they have to have a yeah, lawyer that probably exactly. costs them more yeah. than what well they would have, they would have a lawyer on retainer but my point is is that this lawyer isn't cheap, I would assume. So yeah. this lawyer's got to drag his butt down to some community yeah. center in a in a couple months to talk about this whole thing. Now, this has been going on for over a year that I've been yeah. trying to get them to drop this. 
and I still get the nice little threatening letters from the collection agency. My well, credit it, is impacted because they've taken me completely to the into the into the one of the points that I keep making, which is that it's dangerous to have even a single billionaire, right? Because yeah. and it's exactly for the reason that you just said, right? This lawyer is not working on a case by case, right? He's on retainer, right? Yeah. You have like a billion dollars. You can hire like a ton of lawyers and just have them around to deal with nonsense like this. And yeah, cost a hundred thousand dollars a year, no matter what they do. So you might as well fo focus them at all kinds of nonsense and just well, like, it's, it's to, to get your money's worth, right? Like they're a business, yeah. so they're gonna they have to justify the business expenses to the shareholders ultimately. Yeah. Whereas so, if there wasn't a billionaire. Like if the billionaires didn't exist at all, if there was, if, if, if people just had like a modest amount of, you know, just like a hundred million dollars instead of a billion dollars, right. Then maybe they would be like, no, no, we've got to have a lawyer deal with things on kind of a case by case because that's money, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. not, it, and, and, uh, there does come a point where someone has so much money or there's such an overwhelming threshold that you can literally just hire a thousand lawyers and it's meaningless to you. It's just like you, you just have that money to be able to spend on those lawyers uh, and yeah. you go golfing. Right? Yeah. It's crazy to me. Uh, the, here's the thing that I'll say to this property management, and I'm not going to say the name cause I don't want to put them on blast because there is still legal stuff going on. But um, if you're listening, which you're not, but if you are, uh -huh. uh, I'm petty. And my wife is even more petty than I. So while you may have assumed that I don't have the legal knowledge in anything, which you're right, I have no legal knowledge in really anything. Uh, I am not afraid to phone somebody who has legal knowledge and find out my rights in whatever scenario I'm in. Yeah. So if you. they think I'm going to drop this, Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. Like I, I, I am very petty. Um, and I just, I think to my, the, my current scenario I'm in with, with my current landlord, right? If this same thing happened with him, he would have dropped it a long time ago. He well, may say, Hey, you need to provide me 60 days. And yeah. I would actually, the funny thing is, as I probably would, because I have more of a personal connection with this guy, yeah. right? Because I feel he's just, this is just his thing. Like this is all he's got. He's not a big corporation. So I'm going to feel more inclined to, you know, say, you know what? I looked into it. You're right. I'm supposed to provide you 60 days notice. So let me see what I can do. Right. Let me, let me work this out. But yeah. if I couldn't, he probably would have just dropped it. Right. Like yeah. he, or like, well, he's he certainly just, not going to hire a lawyer. Right. Like, I mean, no, 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 going to be more not. costly. Right. If anything, he would represent himself at the tenant board if it got to that point. Right. Yeah, like exactly. it's, it's just funny to me. And like, my wife, who's is far more communist than I am, is is very much like piss on all landlords kind of approach, right? She hates it, and it she's just like the one fueling my fire on this to like make sure that I stay petty because I do kind of give up on some things sometimes. But uh, with well, her power, I mean, and we're talking about a thousand dollars plus, like it's not a more than that. Money, right? It's almost yeah. two grand. Yeah, right. Because like, of rental prices and money. Like, I no, mean, it's, no. it's small for a massive conglomerate corporation, but it's not small. And that's for what's us. so trivial to me. Yeah. It's just a small amount of money that you've been trying to get from me for a year. Yeah. That you've paid, now paid a collection agency to yeah. try to collect. So yeah. the best part of this is, is because they've sold the debt, 
I don't legally have to pay a penny of it. Like that's the thing is it's sold to a collection agency. Uh, so again, yeah. I may not be legally sound on things, but I know how to call people who are. And that was the funny thing the lawyer told me is like, that was their stupidest mistake because the second you go to the tenant board, you just say they sold it to a private collection company to collect. Ridiculous. So they, the, the, the landlord, the, the company got their money because the collection agency gave them the money because that's how collection agencies work. They pay the money to the debtor and then they try to collect it from them. Right. But I have a legal standing to say that, no, you didn't do that. You shouldn't have done that because you didn't have the legal grounds to go to a collection agency yet because you have to get that order from the tribunal. Right. So it's like you, they did it wrong. They took a gamble, but I don't know what books and odds they were looking at because there's so many things they could have done better to get this money than the, what they did. So with all this being said, though, um, this really makes a good segue back to the original story we're talking about. I, like I said, am petty and I'm, I'm okay with looking this up. Right. But yeah. some people aren't. So some people are going to just leave and yeah. go live in these parks. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I'm sure if you talk to a lot of people, sure. There's a big chunk of them that are, are there because of addiction and mental health. Sure. Right. That, like those but, things are definitely uh, exist in our society generally. So, but there is also people who are there because they don't know. They're not educated yeah. on the civil system. Or, or they don't have access capital. to the means, right? Like this is something exactly. that you get into the conversation with like, especially conservative types and they're, you know, the, the, the just get a job crowd, right? And you're like, okay, well, yeah. uh, if you don't have a computer, if you don't have the internet, if you don't have connection to any of that kind of stuff, especially in the middle of a pandemic where like the libraries are closed, right? Like, how, where do you go to print a resume? Where do yeah. you go to get access to the internet? Where do you go to get access to... How get... do you get access to the lawyer referral service, which exactly. is an amazing service in Ontario? Yeah, which which has, which has was incidentally uh, defunded, like most things were, by the Ford administration. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, this, this, this sort of naive idea that like these people, oh, they should just get a job. Well, if you don't have resources in the first place, you don't have access to the internet in the first place, right? Yeah have access to any of this stuff uh well then you're sol aren't you right like how do you even begin doing any research on this even if you did have the wherewithal right you don't have right. resources well get the fuck out of here right like you're you're gonna end up in a tent city the thing that i that really kind of pisses me off too about this is that the police were charging some of these people with trespassing offenses yeah it's like okay so you're you're already they're already down because they're choosing to live yeah. in a tent in in a yeah. in a park somewhere their their life is clearly yeah. not that great right now yeah let alone the yeah. mental health and addiction problems that some of these people have um and then you're giving them a criminal record potentially yeah, yeah. like what for, you expect what? people for what? you expect people to get better right there's this whole there's this whole ethical question about crimes of passion and crimes of necessity it's like if somebody steals a loaf of bread to feed their starving family. Yeah. Right. Is that a crime? Well, technically on paper it is. Yeah. Right. But is it a crime because they want to feed their family? No, it's not a crime to want to feed your family. Well, right. So when people get into the true criminals in that arrangement is the society that's not providing the food. If you ask me, like, I mean, exactly. People should have food and shelter. I don't understand why this, I don't understand why this is at all controversial. Why there, why there is even a debate surrounding this issue. Like, everyone should have food and shelter. Like, I don't know why that's... Yeah. Uh, well, it's this classic... 
And trust me, I can now call myself a professional with arguing with conservatives online because I've been doing it the last <laughs> week. Um, is they they seem to have this mentality that it is okay to to be selfish, right? It is okay mm-hmm. that yeah, this level of pure selfishness and individualism will take over in society. And they think that, oh, these people did this to themselves or these people just go get a job if you're poor. It's like, okay, well, it's that classic Always Sunny in Philadelphia skit. It's like, oh, you want me to get a job? Well, I'll just launch myself out of a job (laughs) cannon into job land where there's jobbies. You just can't just walk into jobs. It's not that simple, especially if, you know. The, the quality of life has been you know poor over the years and they yeah. didn't get an education or they had a bad upbringing which is no fault of their own so it's just it's i just never understood giving these types of people in these situations criminal records potentially again innocent till proven guilty all that stuff yeah. but but the the burden of a criminal record stops you from getting jobs exactly. and that's what they want people yeah. to do yeah. it just doesn't well, make sense no, it's, it's because it's because these conservative types especially like they've they they, li- they have a very narrow sort of world view right like they're they're most of them are living in a situation where like the system has worked for them right they they uh, especially you're kind of like boomer types who like literally yeah. could just like walk out of a grade nine education into a factory job that like gave them uh, a house, uh, a car, you know, they could support a spouse, uh, three kids, you know, that that kind of thing. Like the classic, like married with children sort of life. Yeah, where, where, like, cookie Al- cutter home. Well, yeah, and like Al-, fence. Al Bundy yeah. is like literally a minimum wage uh, shoe salesman, right? Like, and he's got like all like, <laughs> meanwhile, here we are. And it's like, you've got to have like a PhD scale job if you want to have an apartment. You know, and yeah. it's, it's uh, uh, um, the so these conservatives get caught in this. Well, everybody had the opportunity that I had. Right. And they are illiterate. They don't actually know anything about what's happened in the society that they're living in. And uh, the uh, and the excuse of individualizing the problem and and moralizing the problem and creating like a moral argument for why this person is in this situation uh allows them to maintain their illiteracy right but they they don't need to actually learn anything they don't need to actually emphasize with anybody because fundamentally they are complicit in what's going on and and they kind of understand that right they do mm-hmm. understand that like well fuck you i got mine Right. And that's really what I got. I got my bag. Why can't you get yours? And and let's also be like extremely real. If the if 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 COVID has taught us anything, it's that there are genuine sociopaths in our society. Right. Like there are genuine people who are who are like, if you die, uh, that is fine. Right. I I, my in if, if if you not dying means I need to be inconvenienced even a little tiny bit that's unacceptable right yeah that my convenience outweighs your life and and we know that's true like we've all seen these people they're around and they exist uh and they vote conservative right yeah (laughs) and and it's uh uh it's extremely troubling it's something that we need to uh constantly be fighting uh uh and pushing against and like 
we know these conservatives are completely out to lunch. Like they're the primary beneficiaries of, of some of the largest government handouts in the history of the nation turning around and right. telling us uh, to bootstrap it, right? Like, and, yeah. and and telling us that government handouts are bad, right? Like where, while they're like uh, the beneficiaries of massive land handouts, massive uh, industry subsidies, right? And it's just, so the, the hypocrisy, like it, it, there's two types in my view, right? Uh, the type one is just the clueless illiterate right just the person who is just like they don't have any idea what's going on their only experience is their lived experience uh, and i would say that it's the majority of people yeah right and then you also but you definitely do have just the outright sociopaths the people who are like i don't care about any of that i want money for me and if it means you yeah. have to die that's completely fine i actually had a conversation with someone i would consider to be in that camp today who just out of the blue messaged me uh, their opening thing was "you sicken me" is what they said to me right off the hop. <laughs> right? I've never because, I've been called worse I've been called because worse. I'm a, a communist, and I said right back to them, I was like, "Well, then I must be doing the right thing, right?" Because <laughs> you're you're a fucking Nazi, and uh, yeah. so like, uh, and and just imagine one of these types of people owning a skyscraper in the city, right? Yeah, that's like, all it is. And, and and so why are we allowing that to happen? We sh- these 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 institutions should be democratized. We should allow the uh, people who live in the communities and the people who live in these districts and these wards to have more of a say as to what happens in. And that's what we're attempting to do with something like the landlord and tenant board, right? But yeah. again, the landlords are completely incentivized to not inform people of what their rights are. And to not even inform people about the landlord and tenant board, right? And so it's uh, 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 my view is as clear as it can get. Get rid of these landlords. I feel like any unit where there's like five units in the building, just no, we're done. Like yeah, screw, or, screw or, re- or at least restrict the amount of ownership to a certain number of units to start. Like you talk about abolishing capitalism. And I, I agree with you, it needs to be abolished versus reformed. But I think a good step in that process and a real kind of stepping stone into that that way is to say, okay, um, landlords can still exist. Like my landlord, he can still exist. He owns one property. He can rent out that property. That's fine. If you live, if you have and you want to rent out your basement, fine, whatever. That's your choice, right? That's your house. Mm-hmm. But these massive corporations yeah. that own buildings after buildings after buildings, those are the problems, right? Yeah. You you rarely hear, and if you go to tenant boardings, you don't see uh, these massive, you don't see these little tiny landlords all the time, right? You typically yeah. see massive corporations like have the whole afternoon dedicated to them because they have 14 hearings against them that yeah, day. Exactly. It's like, or, or in their favor, like depending on what they're trying to do. So I think the right answer to, for now is to, you know, start to wean out the process a bit and go a little bit more and saying, okay, you can have private ownership rentals. That's fine. But uh, these corporations, you can't buy any more buildings. Well, right? even you have- if you were a reformer, Right. Like, even if you were just like, okay, capitalism needs to just be reformed. Well, the way to do that is to return to the amount of affordable housing we had in the 1970s. Right. Yeah. We had had 10 times the amount of uh, affordable housing, even in the 90s. Yeah. And and, uh, certainly it was in decline. But like, 
the, the the levels of affordable housing in this city have have dropped to almost completely insignificant and at like vanishingly small levels and yeah, it's, it's having a profound impact well and but, and just and we know how these uh neoliberals are gonna react to this right like i, I i'm gonna do a video right after we're done here where i'm going to talk they're completely going to scapegoat immigrants right housing is yeah. going uh, out of control and they're going to say oh it's because of a, a a spike in immigration right and so they're completely gonna uh, they're, they're they're seeding the field to uh uh just do the classic the problem is immigrants grift uh, instead yeah. of saying hey have you noticed that they're like billionaires who are buying up massive amounts of property and then just sitting on empty properties have you noticed yeah like it's crazy to me and uh you gotta remember toronto went through this before in 2002 because there was a large tent city that was wanting to be dismantled it made international news actually that one well, um down by, and, down by the lake shore. now there's so much happening right there's so much yeah, and this well, is the, the other pandemic thing, so. the, the recession all this yeah. other crap well so. and 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 like it's tent city upon tent city right like i mean it, yeah. uh, just another tent city story and, and we're trying to make these people invisible for god's sakes we can't keep talking yeah. about them no no i agree but um if you want to i think we'll let end this on a good moat no good, good moat that's totally a word good note okay. Okay. um if you want to uh help out uh the homeless uh, problems in your city definitely um get on a hot google and look into different homeless shelters in your area there is a really good one called toronto western house here in toronto that is doing really good stuff with the people in alexandria park like i mentioned before and basically have allowed and fought for them to stay there compared to to other parks as we see so i'm sure uh, uh, if you have a couple bucks to spare it, they would go a long way to help them so let's 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 help the homeless let's not fight them right yeah um, exactly why, why are we criminalizing this like uh, we, should, yeah. uh, we, we should be we should be criminalizing uh, uh we should be criminalizing the people that are rendering people homeless we shouldn't be criminalizing the homeless themselves like yeah. it's 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 a massive yeah. crisis like yeah. i don't i don't understand how we don't treat a like even a single person living on the street is a, a massive overwhelming societal crisis and i don't understand why yeah. we think it's something other than that well, and what I would say to the conservatives that get mad when they drive by their favorite park and see a bunch of tents is instead of getting mad that that they're there, get mad at what created them there, what put yeah. them there, yeah. right? It's not, don't blame them because that could be you. It could have been you. So fundamentally and, what you're saying, JB, is don't hate the player, hate the game. Hate the game. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that's going to do it for our episode of the socialist agenda thank you so much for listening it, we, it was a great chat we really wanted to talk about this so thanks for your time and effort if you've made it this far be sure to check us out on all our socials the socialistagenda.com um, for the latest if you're a socialist agenda plus subscriber uh, you stay tuned because your bonus episodes coming up right after the music uh, john where can people find you TheCanadianCommie.com is my website. It'll redirect you currently to my uh, my YouTube channel, which is The Canadian Commie, uh, until YouTube decides to pull me down. And so you'll be able to find me at TheCanadianCommie.com. Great. You can find me uh, at my link tree. The link is in the description of this podcast and video, wherever you're watching it. You can find that to my TikTok, to my uh, the Twitch channel, all that stuff that we do. Um, so check me out there if you do so wish I do more comedy stuff on my Twitter and TikTok so 
take it or leave it. Um, oh, and also please join me for my uh, 6 to 9 uh, p.m. Uh, uh, live stream on YouTube. Great. Yeah, be there. It's really good stuff. I encourage you guys to see it. So that'll do it for this episode. John, have a good day. You too, JP. Thank you.